0: Chapter Five of Fighting the Flames. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Zena Blue. Fighting the Flames by R. M. Ballantyne. Chapter Five. During the progress of the fire, small Willie Wilders was in a state of the wildest, we might almost say hilarious, excitement. He regarded not the loss of property. The fire never struck him in that light. His little body and big spirit rejoiced in the whole affair as a magnificent display of fireworks and heroism. When the fire burst through the library windows, he shouted, when Sam Forrest, the conductor of the fire-escape, saved Mr. Auberly and the women, he hurrahed. When the tall fireman and Baxmore rescued Louisa Auberly, he cheered and cheered again until his shrill voice rose high above the shouting of the crowd. When the floors gave way, he screamed with delight, and when the roof fell in, he shrieked with ecstasy. Sundry and persevering were the efforts he made to break through the police by fair means and foul, but in his energy he overreached himself, for he made himself so conspicuous that the police paid special attention to him, and wherever he appeared he was snubbed and thrust back, so that his great desire to get close to the men while they were at work was frustrated. Willie had a brother who was a fireman. AND HE WISHED EARNESTLY THAT HE MIGHT RECOGNIZE HIM, IF PRESENT, BUT HE KNEW THAT, BEING ATTACHED TO THE SOUTHERN DISTRICT OF THE CITY, HE WAS NOT LIKELY TO BE THERE, AND EVEN IF HE WERE, THE MEN WERE ALL SO MUCH ALIKE IN THEIR UNIFORM THAT IT WAS IMPOSSIBLE AT A DISTANCE TO DISTINGUISH ONE FROM ANOTHER. TRUE IT IS THAT HIS BROTHER WAS UNCOMMONLY TALL AND VERY STRONG, BUT AS THE LONDON FIREMEN WERE ALL PICKED MEN, MANY OF THEM WERE VERY TALL and all of them were strong. Not until the last engine left the ground did Willie Wilders think it advisable to tear himself away and hasten to his home in Notting Hill, where he found his mother sitting up for him in a state of considerable anxiety. She forbore to question him that night, however. When Willie appeared the next morning, or rather the same morning, for it was nearly four o'clock when he went to bed, he found his mother sitting by the fire knitting a sock mrs wilders was a widow and was usually to be found seated by the fire knitting a sock or darning one or mending some portion of male attire so you were at the fire last night willie said the widow yes i was replied the boy going up to his mother and giving her what he styled a roistering kiss which she appeared to like, although she was scarcely able to bear it, being thin and delicately formed, and somewhat weak from bad health. "'No lives lost, I hope, Willie?' "'No, there ain't often lives lost when Sam Forrest, the fire-escape man, is there. "'You know, Forrest, mother, the man that we've heard so much of. "'Ah, oh, it was sich fun. You've no notion.' It would have made you split your sides with laughing if you'd a seen Sam come out of the smoke, carrying the master of the house on his shoulder, in his shirt and drawers, with only one sock on, and his nightcap tied so tight under his chin that they had to cut it off. Him in a swoon, too, hanging as limp as a dead eel on Sam's shoulder, with his head down one side and his legs down the other. Oh, it was a bark! The boy called the lark to his own mind so vividly that he had to stop at this point in order to give vent to an uproarious fit of laughter. "'Was Frank there?' inquired the widow, when the fit subsided. "'Not that I know of mother. I looked hard for him, but didn't see him. There was lots of men big enough to be him, but I couldn't get near enough to see for the bobbies. I wonder what them bobbies were made for.' continued Willie, with a look of indignation, as he seated himself at the table and began to eat a hearty breakfast. The long lampposts that are always in the way when nobody wants em. I do believe they was invented for nothing else than to aggravate small boys and snub their inquiring minds. Where was the fire, Willie? In Beverly Square. I say, mother, if that there grocer don't send us better stuff than this here bacon in the future— "'Ow, I'll have to give him up.' "'I can't afford to get better, dear,' said the widow meekly. "'I know that, Mother, but he could afford to give better. "'However, it's down now, so it don't much matter.' "'Did you hear whose house was burned, Willie?' "'Uh, Mr. Oberly, or something like that.' "'Oberly!' exclaimed the widow with a start. "'Well, perhaps it is Oberly.' but whichever it is, he's got a pretty kettle of fish to look after this morning. You seem to have heard of him before. Mother? Yes, Willie. I I know him. Uh, At least I have met him often. You see, I was better off once, and used to mingle with... But I need not trouble you with that. On the strength of our former acquaintance, I thought I would write and ask him to get you a situation in an office, and I have got a letter from him. "'just before you came down to breakfast, "'saying that he will do what he can, "'and bidding me send you to him "'between eleven and twelve tomorrow. "'Phew!' whistled Willie, "'and he burnt out a house and home "'without a coat to his back "'or a shoe to his foot. "'It strikes me I'll have to try "'to get him a situation.' "'He won't be found at the house now, "'I dare say, my son, "'so we'll have to wait a little.' "'but the burning of his house and furniture won't affect him much, for he's rich.' "'Hmph! Perhaps not,' said Willie. "'But the burning of his little girl might have.' "'You said that no lives were lost,' cried Mrs. Wilders, turning pale. "'No more there was, Mother. "'But if it hadn't been for one of the firemen that jumped in at a blazing winder "'and brought her out through the fire and smoke, "'she'd have been a cinder by this time.' And money wouldn't have bought that rich man another daughter. I know. True, my son, observed Mrs. Wilders, resting her forehead on her hand. Then, as if suddenly recollecting something, she looked up and said, Willie, I want you to go down to the city with these socks to Frank. This is his birthday, and I sat late last night on purpose to get them finished. His station is a long way off. "'I know, but you've nothing else to do, so—' "'Nothing else to do, mother!' exclaimed Willie with an offended look. "'Haven't I got to converse in a friendly way with all the crossin' sweepers and shoebacks "'and stall women as I go along, and chaff the cabbies, "'and look in at all the shop windows and insult the bobbies? "'I always insult the bobbies. It does me good. "'I hurt them mentally as much as I can, and I'd hurt them bodily if I could.' "'But every dog has his day. "'When I grow up, I won't I pinch into him.' "'He struck the table with his fist, "'and shaking back his curly hair, "'lifted his blue eyes to his mother's face "'with a stern expression, "'which gradually relaxed into a smile. Uh, "'Ah, you needn't grin, mother, "'and tell me that the policemen are a fine set of men "'and quite as brave and useful in their way as the firemen.' I know all you respectable sort of people think that, but I don't. They're my natural enemies, and I hate them. Come, mother, give me the socks and let me be off. Soon the vigorous urchin was on his way to the city, whistling, as usual, with all his might. As he passed the corner of the British Museum, a hand touched him on the shoulder, and its owner said, "'How much year ye paid a week, lad, for kicking up such a row?' "'Willie looked round, and his eyes encountered the brass knuckle of the waist belt of a tall, strapping fellow in blue uniform. "'Glancing upwards, he beheld the handsome countenance of his brother Frank looking down at him with a quiet smile. "'He wore no helmet, for except when attending a fire, the fireman wear a sailor-like blue cap. Hello blazes, is that you?' cried the boy. "'Just so, Willie.' "'Goin' down to Watling Street to attend drill, "'Willie, who had styled his brother blazes ever since he joined the fire brigade, "'observed that he happened to be going in the same direction to deliver a message "'from his mother to her relation, which he would not speak about, however, just then, "'as he wished to tell him of a fire he'd been at last night. "'A fire, lad? Was it a big one?' Eh, hey, that it was, a case of burning out almost, and there were lives saved,' said the boy with a look of triumph. "'And that's more than you can say you've seen, though you are a fireman.' "'Well, you know I have not been long in the brigade, Willie, and as the escapes often do their work before the engines come up, I have not had much chance yet of seeing lives saved. How was it done?' With glowing eyes and flushed cheeks, Willie at once launched out into a vivid description of the scene he had so recently witnessed, and dwelt particularly on the brave deeds of Conductor Forrest and the tall fireman. Suddenly he looked up at his brother. "'Why, what are you chuckling at, blazes?' "'Nothing, lad. Was the fireman very tall?' "'That he certainly was uncommon tall.' "'Something like me?' said Frank. "'A gleam of intelligence shot across the boy's face "'as he stopped and caught his brother by the sleeve, "'saying earnestly, "'It wasn't you, Frank, was it?' "'It was, Willie, and right glad am I "'to have been in such good luck as to save Miss Aruly.' "'Willie grasped his brother's hand and shook it heartily. "'You're a brick, Blazes,' said he, "'and this is your birthday.' "'and I wish you luck and long life, my boy. "'You'll do me credit yet, if you go on as you've begun. "'Now I'll go right away back and tell Mother. "'Won't she be fit to bust?' "'But what about your message to the relation in the city?' inquired Frank. "'That relation is yourself, and here's the message, "'in the shape of a pair of socks for Mother, "'knitted with her own hands. "'And, by the way, that reminds me, "'How came you to be at the fire last night? "'It's a long way from your station.' "'I haven't changed recently,' said Frank. "'Poor Grove was badly hurt about the loins at a fire in New Bond Street last week, "'and I have been sent to take his place. "'So I'm at the King Street station now. "'But I have something more to tell you before you go, lad, "'so walk with me a bit farther.' Willie consented, and Frank related to him his conversation with Mr. Arverly, in reference to himself. I thought of asking leave and running out this afternoon to tell you. So it's as well we have met, as it will. Why, what are you chuckling at, Willie? The question was put in consequence of the boy's eyes twinkling and his cheeks redding in suppressed merriment never mind blazes i haven't time to tell you just now i'll tell you some other time so old auberly wants to see me tomorrow forenoon that's what he said to me returned frank very good i'll go adieu blazes farewell so saying Willie wilders turned round and went off at a run chuckling violently he attempted to whistle once or twice but his mouth refused to retain the necessary information, so he contented himself with chuckling instead, and it is worthy of record that a small boy was so much engrossed with his own thoughts on this particular occasion that he did not make one observation, bad, good, or indifferent, to anyone during his walk home. He even received a question from a boy smaller than himself as to whether his mother knew he was out, without making any reply and passed innumerable policemen without even a thought of vengeance. "'Let me see,' said he, muttering to himself as he paused beside the marble arch at Hyde Park, and leaned his head against the railings of that structure. "'Mr. Arberley has been and ordered two boys to be sent to him tomorrow forenoon. Ha! (laughs) Heh! Sk! The chuckling got the better of him here. Very good!' And my mother has ordered one of the boys to go, while a Tall Fireman has ordered the other. Now the question is, which of the two boys am I, the one or the other? Ha! <laughs> well, of course both of the boys will go. They can't help it. There's no getting over that. But then, which of them will get the situation? There's a scruncher for you, Mister Arberly. You'll have to fill your house with tar and turpentine and set fire to it over again, before you'll throw light on that pint. Suppose I should go in for both situations. It might be managed. The first boy could take a well-paid situation as a clerk, and the second boy might go in for a night watchman at a bank." Chuckling again interrupted the flow of thought. Perhaps the two situations might be got in the same place of business. That would be handy. Oh, if one of the boys could only be a girl, what a lark that would... T- <laughs> he was interrupted at this point by a shoe block, who remarked to his companion, I say, Bob, ere's a lark. Ere's a feller been out, got no bedlam, and larfin at nothing fit to burst hisself. So Willie resumed his walk with a chuckle that fully confirmed the member of the Black Brigade in his opinion. He went home chuckling, and went to bed chuckling, without informing his mother of the cause of his mirth. Chuckling, he arose on the following morning, and chuckling still, went at noon to Beverly Square, where he discovered Mr. Arberly standing, gaunt and forlorn, in the midst of the ruins of his once elegant mansion. End of chapter 5